Hey, buddy. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm great, bud. Hey, sorry about the mix-up on that time zone, Oh, no, man. no, not, not at all, man. It's, it's yeah. I, I, God, I can't, I always get confused, too. So when I travel, <laughs> I'm always like. <laughs> yeah. So, man, so what we usually do here is we do, we do no rules. We just kind of run down and uh, chat about some things for about an hour. And, okay. um, yeah, I just kind of pick your brain. Um, you know, I'm throwing out, you know, Honda had made some piston rings for Toyota. And out of thousands of those, only 50 were accepted. Uh, that man went around and studied and mastered his craft and did a lot of metallurgy studies and then uh, became super successful at what he did, built up uh, Honda into what they were. And then he got bombed a couple of times and then came back even stronger. So I, I like to kind of dig in, do kind of how it's made, uh, where, where, where you guys are from, kind of your background. Um, just tell me a little bit about you coming up uh, here, your education, that kind of fun stuff. Sure. Anytime. Yeah. So, um, do, do we have any kind of like, uh, do we start now or do you, do you yeah, we're, like, you're we're, live, we're, you're live. Brother. <laughs> okay, good. Okay. So I wasn't sure how we wanted to do this, but I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, and thanks for inviting me on Dave. And I know we known each other for quite some time, so it's always, uh, it's always good to be able to chat. And every time I, every time I, hang around you people always have so much fun and uh, it's it's funny like my team is always talking about how great you are like man dave is such a great guy he's so funny blah 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 what's what's really um i think the most ironic thing is uh you you come across as this fun guy not necessarily the smartest guy in the world but you're freaking smart dude you're like one of the smartest guys i know but people don't know it no i just i just surround myself with smart people that way i look smart oh no dude you're you're, you're so smart I, I mean, we're we're involved in a sep- you know several different things like uh, you know cryptocurrency stuff, mining, and and other things. I mean, you're you're ahead of the game in so many avenues, and an average person would never never think that about you, you know. But you're such a fun loving guy. You never come off serious. Like yeah. I'm always coming off serious, so people think I'm way too serious than no, I am. I don't- I'm the opposite. In real life, I'm really like not serious at all yeah. ever. But... Well, it's it's funny. We <laughs> we were talking the other we were talking the other day about man. John doesn't have any enemies, and I said that's not true. I said there's one group of people that probably hate him, and that's barbers and hairstylists. I said because literally like half the guys here at the shop and other people that know you after you were posting about I cut my own hair, I do this yeah. and that. They <laughs> they all started doing. And they're like, you don't even realize how much of the little things. That, that he does save you money <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's pretty funny yeah i i've cut my own hair for a long time as a matter of fact i cut my hair yesterday and it's not so much about saving money for me it's like it's the time waste right you, you yeah. go to you go to the salon or wherever you go and then you have to wait 30 minutes to get started or maybe 10 minutes and then and they cut your hair then you got to drive i mean it's you know you're you're minimum two hours wasted right yeah um I, I can cut my hair in 15, 20 minutes because I've done it for so long, you know? So just like, just like anything practice makes perfect. I still mess up once in a while, but most of the time I can get it right. You know, cause I've done it for 20 some years. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a 10 in my book, John. So, yeah, man, I appreciate it. So, I mean, like, like a guy like you, you have, you know, tons of moving parts, tons of different things. And one of the things that makes you so unique is, is you share so much knowledge on your six Saturdays. You know, what, what does that name come from? Just out of curiosity. Yeah. So basically, um, 
I started that page. I don't I don't post on it as much as I used to. I'm starting to post more on my personal. Yeah, page I noticed only, that. Yeah. Only because they, you know, Facebook throttled uh, all the business pages because they think they're trying to make, you know, they're if they're if if it's a business page, they think you're trying to make money, so they throttled, you know, the thing un, un, unless you pay for advertising. Yep. I never started that to make any money. I just share. I just started that to share some knowledge, right? Yeah. Yep. And the six Saturdays comes from I, I want people. You know, those people who are, you know, not everybody has this dream, but a lot of people, you know, want to become entrepreneurs. They want to have financial independence. And so you get to a point where you be, you're basically living six Saturdays and a Sunday because you're free. You don't have you don't have uh, you know, you're not looking at a month, you know, Sunday night going, oh, my God, I got work tomorrow. Right. Yep. Like um, and, or, or or I'm still working, as you know, but I I. I on Sunday night, I get so excited, like, man, yep. I get to work tomorrow, right? I know yeah. you're the same way. Oh, yeah, I love and, coming and uh, seeing people. And you you got a yeah. great staff. I mean, everybody there oh, is, you know, phenomenal. And, and, you know, they're super dedicated, man. After hours, whenever, you know, they're messaging, yeah. like, hey, we got to get this done. And, man, yeah, just super dedicated, great group of people that you work with. So that always yeah. makes it easy. You know, we, we've always kind of ingrained the culture here that, um, you know, you're going to spend more times with the people that you work with and anybody else that, that you're going to have in your life, period, your family, everybody. So let's make it fun. Let's, let's, you know, make it enjoyable. So we do a good job of doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm so thankful for my team. Um, it's, it's hard to get true believers, but I think as leaders, that's what we try to, you know, try to instill, right. It's, I'm always casting my vision of this is where we're going. Like, when I had one employee, like I had, I, I had nothing. I was, I, I was working in my basement. I had one employee, you know, and then eventually I went to a small little warehouse and I told him, I said, you know, I have a dream. My dream is to have, have a business where I have the highest paid staff in the industry. You know, I mean, that was a massive dream at the time. And it's still a, it's still a big dream for me now, but it's like, you, you, you need to have a vision of where you're going and you, you, you talk about, you know, you, you don't only talk about the, ma I don't only talk about the massive dreams, but I, I talk about the next step. Okay. This is, this is where we're going and, and just really share. And it, it takes some time, but when they see you achieving uh, your goals together as a team, they're like, man, we, we look where we came from. Look what we did. Look what we accomplished. And so they start believing in your dream. Right. And it makes it so much easier because when your leaders all believe in your dream, then when you hire new people, they just, they just like, man, I guess this is where we're going. Right. And they, yep. they, they all just kind of follow along and say, okay, this is, this is, a, this is the company culture, but it all starts with you, you know, as, as the entrepreneur, you know, setting that pace of this is, this is the big dream. This is the big goal. Like for, for, for example, right now I have two main goals and I share this with my staff every time I see them. And my first main goal is I want to, you know, uh, give a tremendous amount. Um, I, I don't know if I want to say how much amount, but I, I want to give a tremendous amount to this missions organization that I belong to. And I just want to help as many missionaries as, as I can. And I share that dream with my team. I said, that's my personal dream. And then my second dream is I want to make sure that all of you, you know, have just a, just a thriving workplace where you can fend for your family, take care of your families and enjoy life, not just live life, but to enjoy life with, you know, being able to, you know, not only enjoy the work that you do, but make a good living while, while you're doing it. So, yeah. you know, I, I share that with them. And I say, if, if anything I do that doesn't impact those two things, I don't do it. 
you know? Yeah. And, and, and it's really hard for other people to, to understand, like, the, the way you or I look at things is, you know, during a downturn, during a scary time, you and I will always be fine. But you got to worry about keeping food on 50 families' tables, you know, totally. all their kids. You know what I mean? And keeping yep. roofs over their heads. Yep. And, totally. you know, and that's every time I'm looking at reports or economic forecasts. I, I don't ever even think about myself. I'm like, I'll be fine. I'm like a cockroach, man. No matter what yeah. happens, I'll still be around. You know? That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, that's the that's the thing. I One of the things we talked about is like, look, there's two ways, actually three ways, you know, any company could go. You can go down, you can stay the same or you can go up. Right. But mainly I said, we can stay the same. We can cruise and we can do the same thing if you like. Or we can go up. I mean, if we stay the same, the only person who's who's driving a Ferrari in this in this company is me, right? But yep. if if we if we climb and we grow and we become a much bigger company, a company that's twice the size, three times the size, what could that mean for all of you, right? So it's like you know, nobody complains that Jeff Bezos is a multi-billionaire, um, but you know, I guarantee you, their employees because I know one of their employees very well. Uh, she's a multimillionaire, right? Like, yeah. like employees of multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar companies are very, very rich. So yes. it's like I and and I keep on instilling that. It's like, hey, let's let's rise up together. Why, you know, it's it's we we can do it as a team, right? And so yeah. it 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 drives it drives everybody to work harder together. That's for sure. For sure. So there's I've always heard some some rumors over the years how Rainier started. Um, one was that you got your funding through exotic dancing. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. And then the other one, like you used to work at Disney as an exec or something. There's things all over the Internet that different people say in groups and stuff that you probably don't even know that they're saying. So oh, I Disney. Made, oh, my I, God, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that. I swear to God, I made up the exotic dancer part. But yeah, I mean, you know. like, 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 how did you get started, man? Like, I, I've heard a card table in your basement. I've heard. Yeah, no. it's a funny story. I mean, I, 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 before this prior life, I was, um, I did investments and insurance for a long time. Um, and so I worked for Allstate and I worked for an investment company called Fortis back in, back in the day. And, uh, and so I, I did that and I, I, I was making good money, but because my financial background, I, I was saving everything, right? Like I was saving everything. I wasn't spending anything. I just kept on saving and I really wanted to build this hobby. But my, you know, it's like, you know, just like everybody with a hobby, it's like eventually you spend so much money on your hobby. You're thinking, I, I was thinking, man, I, I'm spending, I'm spending way too much money on this stuff, right? Like mm -hmm. how can, how can I get this stuff for free, right? And so I, I just, just being, having some business background, I called the, the first company I called was Rock River Arms. You know, I really wanted these uppers that they had. And I said, you know, I, I'm interested in this upper, but how many do I have to buy in order to in order to get a dealer account? You know, and yep. I, I was surprised. They told me five. I was like, what? That's it? You know, and she goes, yeah, you need a business license. I'm like, OK, I know how to get that. So, you know, like one hundred and fifty dollars later, I got my business license and and I bought five. Right. I bought yep. five. Uh, I sold four on online, you know, at the time there was AR15.com. So I sold four to four to friends and, you know, like acquaintances online and, and I got mine for free, you know, I was like, wow, <laughs> I'm on something, you know, fun and in the then, hobby. Yeah. And then it, it, it started like that. And then people would ask me, Hey, John, why don't we do a group buy on lowers? Let me find out. <laughs> yeah. 
So yep. things, things like that. So that's how it grew. And then um, I just did it mainly as a hobby like that. And then um, there was a time when I, I really wanted to do it as a business, but I, I, didn't, I didn't really have a lot of money other than like long-term retirement accounts and things like that and life insurance. So I asked my wife, I said, hey, babe, I really want to build this on the side. You know, do you mind if I take a home equity line, you know? And uh, she, uh, surprisingly, she was all for it. And, um, you know, she was always, she, she always knew I was a dreamer, you know, and, and, and wanted more out of life. So um, she let me do it. And so I refinanced my house, $100,000. And I, I bought some parts. And it, I, I, the story I still remember, it was like one side of a small room, you know, the parts kind of lined up and it was small. I mean, it didn't even, you know, go to the ceiling. It, it went maybe half wall and it was uh, half of one half of one small wall. Right. And I thought, oh, my God, this is a hundred thousand dollars. What did I do? I screwed, <laughs> I'm, I'm so screwed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it started in my basement like that. So, you know, I just slowly grew and then, um, you know, eventually got to where we are today. But, you know, it just in, uh, in a lot of in fun. Where, where you're at today is you, you have your Washington facility. Um, and then you have a Kansas facility now, and then you have uh, international sales and, and a team that runs that as well. I'm just kind of letting some people know that might not, you know, know we have some international listeners and stuff that might not be familiar with your brand and stuff. So kind of yes. want to let them know that is the international sales booming right now, like the U.S. sales? Uh, not as much as the U.S. sales, but international sales, since we've been on a, a nice growth path, growth path. Uh, we, we're still growing very, very uh, steadily there. Like um, last month, we probably had one of our highest months uh, that we've ever had as a company. So yeah, they're they're doing a great job. Um, they're starting to do some um, some government kind of work too. So like last month, we had like a 300 suppressors we sold to South Korea government. So that was kind of cool, right? So these guys, once they, it takes a long time, as you know, Dave, like to, to, to start something. I, I think we're probably into this about seven years and probably the first three years, we're just spinning our wheels, spending a lot of time, effort and money trying to build it. But eventually people find out who you are people want to do business with you because you know you're an honest company and eventually you grow yeah it's it is the hardest industry by far i've i volunteered for the sba helped start up a lot of different companies and put together marketing plans and help them execute them and stuff and the firearms industry is the hardest industry to break into because people are going to trust your product to defend their families right that's right that's um, right. and you know it's not like it's you know i mean don't get me wrong there's bargain shoppers out there they're gonna buy trash all day long but if they're gonna buy a quality product they want to you know you got to have a reputation that's um, right so yeah i get that completely yeah you've done a really nice job with your brand i mean you've been able to grow that uh and you know the, the thing that i think what stands your brand apart from a lot of others is you you make a very high quality part, but it's sold at a very low price. So it's, it's hard not to grow. It's hard not to grow when you have that formula. Yeah, it's, it's gone very, very well. And we've been very fortunate to, and again, that's something I say about almost every podcast is reach out to people that are in the position that you want to be in mm -hmm. and ask them questions. You know, like that's you, right. you've picked up your phone. There's several other industry people that have picked up their phone, taken my calls and, you know, I didn't know what map was. I didn't know what any of these things were. And I was like, hey, you know, I just got I, I actually did a machining contract for a guy and he didn't pay me for any parts. So I was stuck with a bunch of gun parts. And that's how we started out. So I'm like, well, I guess I'll sell these myself. And yeah. I started making phone calls and, 
you know, everybody I called took the phone call and, you know, gave me some good advice and, you know, just kind of followed that and, you know, and, and follow the path of people that are successful. Like I've, you know, went to you with uh, international shows and done some different things. And, you know, when, when you guys put on, you know, TriggerCon, you know, I was told, you know, it's like a family gathering out there, you know, the first year I didn't go. And then uh, <clears throat> Skaz told me, you got to get out there. It's the best show in the industry. So we've went every year since then. And uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love it. You guys do a, you know, top rate, you know, after party, everything's fantastic, man. I love it. Yeah. Thanks, bud. We have, we have a great time with that show. That's for sure. Too bad. We couldn't do it this year with the whole COVID thing, but yeah, that, that messed everything up. But yeah, but was... I'm glad we didn't have it because our industry was so busy. I don't think we could have done it. Anyway, yeah, we you know? we would we would have had an empty table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been crazy. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, another thing I like to kind of jump into is you know I see you post a lot of different things about how you handle things with your kids, how you handle things like what what's a typical dinner conversation like at your house? Do you talk? you know, business, like I always did. My kids know APAR. They know how all that stuff works, um, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't really necessarily talk business, but the one thing I can say uh, that we do, I'm very proud of, is we have family dinners, you know. Like, I, I was surprised at how few families still have family dinners, you know. Like, my friends, my, my kids will tell me, yeah, I go to my friend's house and you know, we just had chips for dinner and or or we did this or that. And, you know, and, and, and parents aren't at the dinner table and the kids aren't at the dinner table. They're all doing their separate things. And and I think, you know, so much good could come from having dinner together. Right. And so mm-hmm. we get together, we pray uh, and then we have dinner and and, you know, we try not to talk too much business. We're really just talking about how their day went, what's yep. going on. But of course, natural things come up and we share our opinion, right? Like there's so many things that's been happening with Black Lives Matter and all of these other things. So we're able to have great discussions. I get to hear uh, a lot because, you know, sometimes, you know, those of us who are on the right or those of us who are on the left, you only get to hear what's on your side, right? I mean, that's the way Facebook works. That's the way Google works. They just feed you information you want to see. And you don't often get to see uh, stories of the other side, right? So just recently we had uh, uh, my niece, uh, Caitlin, she got engaged to uh, African-American. He's a pastor and they got engaged and uh, he was at our house having dinner. They got engaged at our house, as a matter of fact. And so we're having dinner, we're talking and we're talking about Black Lives Matter. And, you know, I got to hear a point of view I never heard before, right? And so... There's so many things we're missing if we're not listening to all sides of everything. And right now, I think our country's biggest problem is there's so much division and so much hatred uh, on both sides. And, you know, and and nobody wants to admit that their side's wrong. Right. It's like, hey, man, the libs are this and that. And and and, you know, I think some of my friends know that I kind of tend to agree to that side, you know, (laughs) but uh, regardless, you gotta, you gotta listen to all sides so you can come up with a, you know, a a truth that's in the middle in in most cases. And, and when you talk to most people, I I think most Americans want the same thing, right? We want, we want family, we want happiness, we want all these same things. We're just kind of going about it at the, you know, at different, different ends of the spectrum a little bit. Yeah, but people don't like people that are not like them. Like, I, I'm super weird. I like meeting new people. I like, you know, studying, 
you know, their culture, understanding their yeah. religions and listening yeah. to what they have to say. You yeah. know, I, I got, I got all kinds of, I got weird friends, man. I'm all over the place. You're super curious, man. That's what makes you so successful. You know, uh, I think curiosity is so important in all of that, you know, and, and you're one of the most open-minded people I know too. Right. So, and that, that's what makes it so unique because when you, like when we were into Thailand together, like you, you engulf that culture, like you're a part of them, like instantly. Right. Like yeah, so many beautiful. people would go and they're like, you know, they're like, they tip, they put their tiptoe in, you know, they put their pinky in or whatever, but you jump in, man. You do, oh, you do yeah. everything all the way, which is awesome. I love to see that about you. Thank you. And, you know, some, some of the stuff, you know, uh, that you post on your personal page, uh, you know, I, I just read something the other day that just hit me, you know, when you were talking about, you know, having maybe having to hire three guys to replace you because, you know, no one's going to be that one person that's going to have that same drive, same push think of the same things as you do, you know, there's, there's so much good content that you put out there. Um, I really, really hope that uh, a lot of people tune into that. And um, yeah, every time there's a, there's a nug and whatever you put on there, if, you know, pieces of it don't pertain to me, all of a sudden there's always that one piece that really will hit me and, and I'll take something away from it. So keep yeah, sharing that stuff. I love thanks. it, man. It's great. Thanks, thanks buddy. I, I know like, you know, I know, I know, you know, like when people truly know us, right. We know we're not nothing special. We know, like we didn't do anything, um, you know, anything like, you know, that's amazing. I mean, I feel like so much of what we've done is because it's been a blessing from God and, and, you know, obviously hard work has, a, has a lot to do with it, but, but, you know, it doesn't make us any smarter or any of that stuff. But what a lot, what, what a lot of people don't know is, um, they don't know that it's just average people just doing a little bit above and beyond what average people do. Right. The consistency and, too. Yeah. Yeah. And if, we, you know, and if we share enough of that information was what I'm sick and tired of seeing is all this stuff like, Hey, you want to make millions of dollars? Buy this $99 <laughs> course, you know, and it's like, yep. these guys should need money trying to sell their $99 course. Yeah. And you know, guys like Ty Lopez, all these guys. Right. And I'm mm -hmm. thinking, man, there's so much bad information out there. And yeah, sure. The, some of these guys are sharing some good nuggets, but at the end of the day, how much of it's really applicable and how much of this can they, you know, can, can an average person do? I think things like you and I, what the things that we talk about all the time, God, any average person can do it. Right. It's, it's nothing difficult. I mean, the way we started our businesses, the way we do anything, it, anybody can do it. It's just, it takes just hard work. I mean, when I think about my family, Right. My, my family were immigrants. We came, I came when I was seven. Nice. Right. And at, at that time, South Korea wasn't as rich as they are now. They're not they, they weren't a superpower as they were now. So they, they didn't allow us to take money out of the country. Right. So we came to the United States with a couple thousand bucks, a whole family. And so we were struggling. We had a hard time. But in one generation, um, I think there's like our, not my parents, but our, 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 the kids' generation, I think there's six or seven millionaires in our kids' generation. I mean, what, what other country will allow you to do that? We got it so good, don't we? I, I know. I, I was going to ask you, you know, where, where, where creates your drive? Was it, is it, you know, for me, like I, I've slept outside, I've slept on couches, I've been, you know, dirt broke, and I never want to go back there. So I always try to create multiple revenue streams and multiple industries to make sure that that never happens and make sure that my kids have a better life than I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, totally. it, it, you know, what, what creates your drive, man? Cause you are always hustling. You're always up no matter what time zone you're in. Like it's, it's yeah, it's I, I appreciate it. I, 
I think it's what you, I think you deal it right on the head. I think it's scarcity, right? I mean, scarcity can drive two things. Like one is, you know, you could have that scarcity mindset or you can say, I never want this ever again. Right. Like I grew up um, being so poor. I never had socks. Okay. And I didn't have like good leather shoes. I had these vinyl shoes and I didn't have socks. So you could imagine how stinky my feet were. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it would always swell up to the point where this sounds, this is a disgusting story, but I didn't have footprints. Like my, my feet were shiny because they were always swollen with sweat. And whenever, you know, being an Asian uh, American, whenever I, you know, enter any Asian home, you have to take off your shoes, which is a polite thing to do. And as soon as I took off my shoes, the whole room smelled. Okay. And people would say, who's, what, what is that? I smell. And I remember as a child, being so embarrassed of that, not, not, not having socks, right. And not, not being able to have clean feet. I mean, I would wash my feet every chance I could, but I couldn't get the stench out. And as, 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 as horrible as that story is, I, I, I like, if you look at my uh, sock closet today, I mean, I have a, a closet full of socks, man. I'm never going to run out of socks. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you always got some nice shoes too, John. <laughs> oh, so it's, it's just, uh, you know, scarcity is what drove me it's like you know i i i wanted to be like everybody else. i didn't even want more than anybody else i just wanted to be like everybody else right yep. and so that was my first dream and i think your your dream starts small and my, my first dream wasn't to have all of these great things that my 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 first dream was i just want to be average you know please let me you know have lunch at school and please let me have you know just basic things which we think is kind of silly now but those were my dreams. And then it just, you know, I just wanted those, I just wanted my kids to be normal, right? I didn't want my kids to stand out. So it's just little things that, yeah. that led to bigger things that led to bigger things that have this, now I have this monster, monster goals. Like people get shocked and, and think I'm crazy when I share, the, share with them my goals now. Yeah, I do. I do a weird thing. I, I don't know. I'm weird about myself. So when I, whenever I do my goals, I tie them to somebody else because I'll give up on myself before I give up on somebody else. That's just the way I'm wired. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, so a lot of things I do is around, you know, like the employees profit sharing or this and Mm -hmm. that and and getting things set up for them. And, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, I'm I'm a bit weird with my goals. (laughs) <laughs> no, I think that's I think that's what makes you so successful. I think the 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 ones who are successful, they really like 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 you said, your goal is for your team, your your you know, and 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 we're, we're the same way. Like I I'm always thinking how can I you know, give my employees a better life, right? And how can I how can we do a, a better thing? And and when you care so much about them, you know, and, and and I've learned this a long time ago, the more you serve people, the more, you know, the money just comes, right? Yeah, I, I'm yeah. not even trying to make money. It's like money just comes in droves yeah. because we're serving people. You're yeah. serving your you're serving your employees, you're serving your customer, and money just just is a natural byproduct of all of that. Agreed, hundred percent, man. I uh, did you ever read the Go Giver? That that was a big, oh, yeah, yeah, Love yeah. That book, man. Yep, I was gonna say you're definitely one of the connectors there. That just you know, and 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 I kind of changed my mindset and did a lot of that stuff. Where I always had friends that would try to get in the middle of a deal and make a buck, and I'm just like, nope. Here's this. Here's so and so. Introduce them. Yeah, have, have at it. You know, and so That's much right. more stuff comes from from just being that person than trying to get in the middle of that. And, and it's not even for monetary value. You try to do it, just do it because it's nice. And then yep. all of a sudden that comes back tenfold, man. I love it. 
always always yeah, yeah. so and i think people need to grasp that you know it's oh, like 100%. i think if if enough americans grasp that instead of looking for you i mean that's natural instinct but if you really try to serve other people the money just happens man yeah i agree yep so you have the most amazing crystal ball that i've ever watched followed or listened to on a lot of financial things um i know we were in the crypto market in like 2017 I mean, I started buying ETH when it was like $5.16, started mining it, and we're sitting there, and everybody's doing great, and we're all going to get Lambos, and then, and then all of a sudden, one day, you just posted in our little private group. You said, guys, it's been green for longer than I've seen any market like this be green. You might want to take some profits, so I bought a house, and uh, then everything went to shit like two weeks later. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I certainly don't have a crystal ball um, and, you know, nobody knows the future, but there are there are a cu- couple of certainties, right? The certainties that I know for sure is nothing stays up forever and nothing stays down forever. And so the, I look at big trends, right? So yep. right now, the stock market, for example, we've been up for about 10 years prior to the last plunge, right? And so yep. like two or three days before the big plunge, I, I told people about that and it dip some and now it's climbing back up again which which is mind-boggling to me that's but, bizarre yeah I, I still don't think we have any real tangible reason why the stock market's up right I, I i just i don't know why especially when earnings are down and gdp is down and everything else is down i think maybe it's because of all this stimulus money that's been yes. pumped to the economy so eventually that's all going to fade and consumer uh, consumer confidence is going to fall. Right. And when that mm. falls, the stock market is just it's a natural byproduct. So a lot of my money right now, about 50 percent of my money is in cash. Uh, when I say cash, I don't mean cash in my house, but, you know, cash is in money market accounts because I'm waiting for the market to correct. I don't know when it's going to correct. I just know it's going to. Yeah. <laughs> so, that you know, that's all, that's all I know about crystal balls is I, I, know, I look at things in big long-term trends. Like if th- something's been down forever, well, you know, it's going to go up. And if something's been up forever, well, you know, it's going to come down. So yeah. <laughs> that's all I look well, at. Well, I mean, you're, you're being pretty humble about that. I know you, you had made a kind of a prediction uh, per se, well, a post about, you know, banks pulling lines of credit, they're going to want all their cash on hand and all that type of stuff. So position yourself accordingly. When all this stuff kind of went down, I, I did that. And I know several other business owners that I talked to that did that. And I know several that I had met with and talked to that didn't do that. Their lines are pulled and they're screwed right now. Mm. Um, so, I mean, you, you do a very good job on sharing if it's personal investment information, if it's you know, the use with the life insurance you were talking about yesterday. Yeah. I mean, yep. a, every single time that you're posting about something, it's very good information. And well, thank you. Thank you should you. charge ninety nine dollars for that course. And <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm only sharing stuff that I'm personally doing, you know, yeah. it's like um, and so that's why I don't mind sharing it. Like I, I, if, if there's a couple of what's what's funny is I never think anybody's listening, but then people like you will come up to me and say, hey, I just did this and I saved a bunch of money or I did this and I made a bunch of money. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's, it's awesome to hear that kind of stuff. And and so thank you. Thank you for letting me know that it's helped you, you know, because I, I, I know I'm wrong more than I'm right. So I don't I don't know. think so. Not from what I've seen. Well, I appreciate it. it. And you think the the real estate market? You think that's going to continue to go up, or you think we're going to see that kind of? No, I, I I really do think you know twelve to eighteen months is kind of the 
the time frame I'm looking at. As soon as the government, you know, starts allowing banks to collect, right? Because right now, they, you know, banks can't collect collect mortgages, and and so once they let let that go, um, I don't know when they're going to let that go, but they're going to eventually have to let that go because you know, banks can't live on no money forever either, right? And so. Yeah. So eventually when, when everything gets loosened up and people have to start making their payments and they don't have their jobs, you're going to see some foreclosures. And right now, the reason the real estate market's hot is not because, you know, there's so much demand. It's because there's just no supply. Nobody's selling homes right now. And so I, I know this because, you know, we're in, a, we're in real estate quite a bit and my wife's an agent as well. And, and we do a lot of real estate investing. So right now I know there's no supply. And so that's why it's, like keeping the price up, you know, but eventually the supply will grow because of all these foreclosures and people trying to avoid foreclosures. So they're going to put up their homes for sale. And everybody knows basic economics. When supply increases, prices go down. And so the market will correct itself. I don't know exactly one. My, my guess is anywhere from six to 18 months, but more, more likely 12 to 18 months, we'll see a correction. And so my both of my boys are waiting for a market correction. They yep. got their money saved, uh, yep. and they're they're gonna try to buy a rental home as soon as that happens. Nice, yes, very cool. I love it. And so it's so funny. Like I sit there, and you know, my son just graduated the other day, and just the the investments he's making, the moves he's making, the things he's doing. As soon as he's eighteen, he's trading. You know, dumping his money in there, and you know, That's having awesome. having friends that you know will jump on a WebEx with him on a Saturday morning and running through trade and talking about different things, different groups to jump in. And actually he, he was the one that figured out how to uh, mine the ETH before anybody was really doing it, you know? So, wow. That's yeah, awesome, man. Yeah, that's he's, awesome. he's a pretty sharp kid. And like I said, it's, it's that dinner table conversation sitting around shooting the breeze and, you know, kind of asking questions and, you know, working, working in the shop since, you know, he was 13 cleaning toilets, you know? Yeah, totally. I, I you know, I still don't understand like why, people don't understand uh you know crypto right like i i get it like there was a time when there was endless supply because all these alts that were coming up yes. you know yep. but um and and i think that's what really killed the market quite honestly right but when you look at the true currency which is btc i think i think btc will probably be the you know the lone standing um you know currency right it's been there the longest it's the, it's got the biggest following all of that stuff but most scarcity i mean yeah, yeah. people have lost a ton of it yeah yeah so at the end of the day um when you have something that's a value and it's a limited supply just like it's basic common sense limited supply yeah. <laughs> you know eventually when people want more of it it's just gonna go up i mean Whereas the dollar is the exact opposite, right? Yep. There's not limited. They just print more. Yep. They just yep. make more. They just they don't necessarily print more. They just add more to people's accounts, right? Like it's automatically deposited. But basically, just more money is pumped into the system. And when you when you have additional supply, the value goes down, and and that's what's called inflation. And people should see it. Like they should know like, man, 10 years ago, my house was worth 200,000. Wow. I made all this money. No, actually all that's happened is your money's worth less. That's all yep. that's happened. Right. Yep. People don't get that. They think, Oh, I made so much money on my house. No, actually your money is just worth half as much as it used to be worth 10 years ago. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that crypto, the, the, the thing that, you know, there's, there's a purist that are like, this is going to be a currency. This is mm -hmm. going to do away yep. with the U S dollar. Yeah. I, I seen the, the original uh, plan 
for the Corbin stuff, uh, they yeah. had in there to add a cryptocurrency uh, pairing with the U.S. dollar, and mm. then they pulled it out before it was passed. So mm. I, I think we'll see something, some level like that where the government tries to, you know, have their own. I don't think they'll ever, you know, be like, well, we failed, BTC's it, or ETH's No, it, no, no, or, yeah. I agree. I definitely think government, I think everything's going to go digital. I, it makes sense. I mean, from a, a purely economical standpoint it makes sense to go digital but what when the government has its own cryptocurrency they're going to still use their government policies so yeah. they're just gonna you know it's just gonna be a digital gonna dollar change. it's yeah. just gonna be a digital dollar nothing's gonna change other yeah. than we won't have the paper dollar anymore right yeah yeah we'll, we'll so, scan our foreheads <clears throat> or something so you and i yeah <laughs> you and i both hedge with you know cryptos and stuff like mm-hmm. that Do you get into any precious metals and stuff i got a lot of friends that you know, they're like, oh, you know, we did really well with gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I personally, uh, I bought a, a lot of silver in mm-hmm. small denomination uh, because, you know, they're like, oh, if this all hits the fan, you're going to want something to trade for your goods and blah, blah, blah. So I'm pretty stacked yeah. up on silver. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you ever hedge on anything like that. Yeah, I, th- I think almost, I, I think all of our gun, all the gun guys that I know um, were all a little bit, uh, we, we we reside on the prepper side, right? Like exactly, we we have emergency water, we have emergency, you know. So s- silver and gold is a natural byproduct of being a prepper, I think, right? Yeah. And so, yes, I definitely have my fair share of silver, and and the silver is exactly for that. When when everything goes to crap and dollars are just paper, then you you need something you can trade, right? Like if you need a bottle of milk, you know. What are they going to trade? What what can people trade? Well, you can trade ammo, I'm sure, right? Oh yeah, and, and you can and you can trade silver, yeah. And so so that's good. And then then I've always had some gold, only be- not not so much for investing, but um, because silver's heavy, man. You know, you can only yeah. carry so much silver. So I I have some gold too because it's obviously much lighter in terms of dollar value than gold. I mean than silver. So. I, I have, uh, you know, some silver, uh, some gold as well that that I've been saving, but it's crazy that it's went up so much. I might convert some of that. You know, it's <laughs> I, I was I was well, very that, surprised at how much it's gone up recently. That's always the hard part. I always always wonder that. It's like, okay, so it's worth this amount in U.S. dollars, but do you want U.S. dollars or do you want that scarce item that's worth more now? Yeah, right. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah, you take you you, you take that uh, gold, turn it to U.S. dollars, and buy something else with it, right? So, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate having a lot of cash. It's just dumb, you know. Yeah. I do it temporarily, like right now. I am with the stock market. Like when you're waiting for something, when you're waiting for a purchase, yeah, I do. But most of my funds at any given time, it's, it's tied into real estate or tied into my business, right? Yep. Just like you, I'm sure. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Your money always has to be working for you. I think that's the key. Is, I, never, um, I never have any cash. I went to go buy my daughter's car and I was like, do you take crypto or Venmo? And he's like, can you go to the bank? I was like, I guess I can. I haven't been there in forever because I <laughs> you know, scan everything online and do it online. You know. Uh, well, you don't carry like wads of hundreds, man. Yeah. I think you would, man. You're such a baller. My know? kids probably do. I dress like a homeless guy, John, and you know, I just try to keep it <laughs> low key, man. I know, man. You're you're like the you're you're like the richest bum I know. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's life's awesome. good. So yeah. I know you got another appointment to get to. Uh, one thing we do at the end of every show 
is, uh, you know, let you tell us about a nonprofit, give a little background information, uh, shout out to their website. And then when we share that, uh, oh, yeah, can okay. go to that, visit it and support it. So if you could do that real quick, that'd be fantastic. Thanks, Dave. You know, one of the uh, biggest uh, things, and I'm so proud of, is my, my dad, when he was a pastor, he, uh, we used to do a lot, we used to support a lot of missionaries, and um, for being a small church, uh, we support a lot of missionaries, and when he retired at um, maybe like 20 years ago now, but when he retired, he started, he continued the, the ministry of helping missionaries. And the mission, the organization is called Good Shepherd Mission. Uh, the website is gsm700.com. It's in Korean, but you can translate it to English as well. But basically, the, the missions organization, what's so cool about it is we, we find sponsors in Korea and in, in America. And, and we, we find a missionary that needs support and we partner them to each other, right? So let's say we find a, a supporter like you who wants to donate $100 a month. Uh, we'll connect you with a missionary and, uh, you know, and then the money, what's really cool is 100% of the hundred dollars, not one penny is taken out. All of it goes directly to the missionary. The, the missions organization, GSM covers all of the overhead uh, to take care of that. So that money, that missionary gets that hundred dollars, that, that much needed money, but more so than the money, you know, you get paired up where, you know, they're sharing the various, um, uh, work that they're doing and we're, we're able to pray for them. And what's uh, a lot of people don't know this, but when missionaries get sent out, they get sent out by a church typically. Right. Yeah. And they go out and they do great work uh, and they make this foreign country their home. But what, what happens oftentimes is the church will either split or a new pastor comes or something changes in the church and the support stops after a few years. Well, the missionary is not just going to leave their home and, and come back, right? I mean, they started a ministry there, so they're there, but all of a sudden, they, they no longer get support. And so when we talk to these missionaries, I would say the vast majority, about 80 to 85% of these missionaries, don't have, they, they don't have any supporters. So $100, $200, $300 goes a long ways helping them do their ministry, allowing them to feed people, allowing them to take care of people. Like this one missionary we support in... Um, in India, we call her Mother Teresa, but she feeds like 2,000 kids every single day. I mean, I can share story upon story about what these amazing people do, how they dedicate their lives to help the needy and, and spread the word. And, and uh, you know, not enough, not enough people know about the great work that they're doing, right? Like, how many missionaries do you personally know? When I ask most people that, they you know, most of my friends, they, they know of some, but they don't know of, the, they don't know them very well. Yeah. Right. Like yep. I personally know two. I mean, I was friends with two that passed away recently with COVID, you know? And it's, I mean, as sad as that is, it's like enough, not enough people know about the great work that they're doing. And so that's what this organization is all about. We, we support and my, my personal goal you know, is I want, I want to support a hundred missionaries. Actually, uh, I want to support a thousand missionaries every month. That's my personal goal. You know, it started out, Lord, you know, let, let me help, let me help 10, you know, let me help. And then it got, let me help a hundred. Now, now my personal goal, I want to help. I want to help a thousand. I'm about 30% there, but it's, um, 
it's something that I'm, it's very dear to me because I, I know them personally. I know how hard it is. I know what kind of work that they do. And when I look at things, when I look at my life, I'm thinking, man, I have it way too easy. They're living in, you know, these holes, right? Yep. They don't have running water a lot of time. I mean, they're living like in, in, in some of the most difficult environments. And here I am driving my nice car, eating my nice food, and the least I can do is support them any way I can. And so that's what the organization's all about, GSM 700. Now, I know not everybody's a believer. I get that. But if, if, if you and, and even if you're not a believer, if you believe that missionaries do good work, because they do they do a lot more than spreading the gospel. Right. I mean, they're they're feeding people. They're helping the, the sick. I have one missionary friend in Cambodia. He lives in he lives in a leper colony. I mean, you should see the photos and videos. I mean, it's stuff I can't look at. I mean, I have a weak stomach and I and I and I look at that and I get like, oh, my God, I how does he live with people like that, let alone clean their wounds and just, you know, just showing compassion and yeah. showing God's love to them. Right. It's just amazing. So I'm sorry I took a little bit longer to share. about. No, that, no, I'm that's very that's, passionate about uh, that's fantastic organization, organization, you know, and I'm definitely going to jump on and check what that's all about, because I've. I've never heard of the organization having a hundred percent path through. That's, that's fantastic. Usually, you know, you read about the large organizations, like 10 cents of every dollar gets out to the field. That's right. That's right. Like that. So that, that's a phenomenal organization. I appreciate yeah. that. Man. And yeah, yeah, I appreciate the really good cool. background. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. We're able to do that uh, because number one, all, all the workers are volunteer, voluntary workers. But on top of that, we have, we have corporate sponsors like Rainier uh, that, take care of all the overhead whatever overhead that there is it's not a lot but we take care of that and and um and so you know we're, we're able to make sure that 100 percent of somebody's giving goes directly to the missionary so it's really cool awesome i love that well like i said i know you're a busy man and uh you got to get run into your next appointment i will let you go do that and hopefully when we talk next Bitcoin's at 100,000, and uh, we'll support some more missionaries. Awesome, man. I love it. It's right, always buddy. good to talk to you, buddy. It's, you too. Uh, we'll it's see you soon. Pleasure. All right, man. Talk to you later. Bye. See you.